our parents bring us up to have good manners, a work ethic, sense of responsibility, accountability. Nobody ever brings us up to behave well in bed. Did you ever see normal, joyful, messy, goofy, sensual lovemaking when you were coming up? For most of us, we don't really see much of any lovemaking unless it's porn, which is highly fantasized and fetishized. But becoming an attentive and present lover and having fun with it, that's something you learn over time. Maybe you take some courses or get some books on technique. But where are the reference points for what's possible in truly intimate and expansive, loving sexual connections? I'm Christine Marie Mason, author, Yogi Mama, and I'm devoted to bringing more freedom alive in the world. This is the Rose Woman Pod, where we are on a journey together from taboo to liberation. And today, we're talking about seeing real-world sex and turning the narrative of pornography on its head. My guest is the OG innovator on normalizing conversations around sexuality, the founder of Make Love Not Porn, Cindy Gallup. Cindy even invented the term sex tech, and for her, healthy human sexuality is the key to ending utilitarian, objectifying rape culture and having more equitable and, dare I say, joyful gender relationships worldwide. So, Cindy, what is Make Love Not Porn about? Make Love Not Porn's mission is to end rape culture. And we're doing that by doing something very simple, but that nobody else is doing. We are crowdsourcing and human curating social sex videos. Um, Basically, we are what Facebook would be if Facebook allowed you to socially, sexually self-express, which as we all know, it sadly does not. So Make Love Not Porn is pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. We are a window onto the funny, messy, glorious, wonderful, comical, awkward sex we all have in the real world. And that is because what we are doing is we are showing you how wonderful great consensual communicative sex can be in the real world, our social sex videos role model good sexual values and good sexual behavior and make all of that aspirational so that 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 is what people want their sex lives to be like. And so if porn is the Hollywood blockbuster movie, Make Love Not Porn is the real world documentary. And by the way, Christine, you know, what that means is we don't compete with porn. We are a complement to it and a counterpoint. You know, people like watching movies. They like watching documentaries. Sometimes you feel like a movie. Sometimes you feel like a documentary. But but the key thing about um, what we are doing in Make Love Not Porn is we are socializing sex. We are normalizing it. We are bringing it out into the sunlight. And so we call ourselves the social sex revolution. The revolutionary part is not the sex, it's the social. What do people respond most to in the content? So um, ever since I launched MakeLoveNotPorn.tv nine years ago now, um, we have had a universally positive response from all around the world. We're a global platform. And people respond to different things because, you know, a very important part of why I designed MakeLoveNotPorn to be the world's first social sex video sharing platform is because, you know, I just wanted to do what nobody else was doing, which is celebrate the sex we all have every day in the real world 
And so Make Love Not Porn exists to showcase the full glorious spectrum of human sexuality. And everybody responds to different parts of that. But I guess, you know, the, the really big thing is that as a unique venture, we have a unique ability. We have the power to change people's sexual attitudes and behavior for the better. And so our members write to us every day and tell us how we change their lives. You know, so, and, and by the way, Christine, what, what blows me away is not just how well Make Love Not Porn does what I designed it to do, but how well it does things that I never designed it to do. So in the more expected um, area, you know, we hear all the time, you saved our marriage, you saved our relationship, you know, but because, um, because with social sex, it's okay for one half of a couple to save the other half, you know, oh, I came across this thing called Make Love Not Porn, why don't we check it out together? And again, because, you know, it's not just what we're showcasing, everything about how it's presented is designed to normalize it. And to make it easier for you to talk openly and honestly about sex. And so couples say to us, you know, watching your videos made it as easy to talk about what was happening in them as watching something on Netflix. You know, it's like talking about what we just watched on TV. And then to segue into talking about our own sex life. And we made these amazing communication breakthroughs. But also, um, and again, you know, that this is what I consciously designed Make Love Not Porn to do. The number one use case for YouTube globally is how-to videos. It far outstrips YouTube's second biggest use case, which is entertainment. First and foremost, people go to YouTube for videos on how to do anything and everything. We are the global go-to video hub for how-to videos in that one area YouTube cannot help with. You know, anything and everything to do with real-world sex. And so we get wonderful comments like, you know, one woman on one of our lesbian videos said, you know, I've been in the closet for 25 years. I've only just come out. I've never had sex. This video showed me how to make love to a woman. Thank you so much. You know, and, and obviously, as I say, this is because we're education through demonstration. We are how you do all of this in the real world. On the, you know, in the area of what I never expected um, and didn't consciously design Make Love Not Porn to do, you know, we hear regularly from survivors of rape, sexual abuse, sexual assault, and we hear from female and male survivors who tell us that Make Love Not Porn helped them reclaim their bodies. It helped them be able to be sexual again, because obviously porn is far too triggering in, in these sorts of contexts. You know, um, you know, we, we, we hear from... Um, in fact, we were quite surprised the very first time we discovered that sex therapists are recommending us to their clients to help them with all sorts of issues. And that's wonderful as well. And so, you know, um, it really is in the same way that Facebook, um, you know, um, love it or hate it, by the way, you know, when when you go on Facebook, you can see all aspects of everybody's lives all around the world. On Make Love Not Porn, you can see all aspects of everybody's sex lives all around the world. And that brings so many social benefits because, you know, porn is purely and simply masturbation material. Now, we are not just that. We are that too, by the way, very happy to be that. Our videos are hot as hell. 
I always say that real world sex is more amazing, more innovative, more creative, more inspiring, more hot and arousing than porn will ever be. But, but, but we have many other social benefits on top of that. So, so for example, social sex on Make Love Not Porn is enormously reassuring because we celebrate real world everything, real world bodies, real world hair, real world penis size, real world breast size. And the reason that's important, Christine, is because you can talk body positivity all you like, you can preach self-love. At the end of the day, nothing makes you feel great about your own body, like seeing people who are nobody's idea of aspirational body types getting turned on by each other, desiring each other, having an amazing time in bed. Our mantra is everybody is beautiful when they're having real world sex, and they really are. And so our members write to us and say, you know, watching your videos made me feel better about my own body. You know, one man wrote and said, my girlfriend and I now feel able to be more open and central with each other because we each feel better about our own bodies through watching your videos, which is wonderful. What I loved about what you just said is the multiple levels on which, on which it's working, the compersion, the taking joy in another's joy, the learning how to communicate about normal, beautiful sexual activity. The sort of education piece, I have to say, was a surprise to me, but it makes complete sense. I remember experimenting with new ways of doing sex later in life and feeling again like I was fumbling around, like I was 15 or 16 and like, ah, what do I do? So this idea of lifelong expansion into new ways of being. Um, reassuring that you're okay. But I think this one on creating an environment that gives you an alternative view to what sex can be like, like how it can be beautiful again for a person who's been traumatized sexually. And that ties back to what you said in the beginning about rape culture, like unwinding rape culture. So can you draw the thread for me between uh, porn, trauma, rape culture, and and this healing of seeing normalized, loving couples getting it on. Sure. Um, as I've been saying for 12 years, Christine, ever since my TED talk in 2009, when I launched Make Love Not Porn, the issue isn't porn. The issue is that we don't talk about sex in the real world. Because if we did, amongst a whole host of other benefits, people would then be able to bring a real world mindset to the viewing of what is simply performative produced entertainment which is why our tagline at Make Love Not Porn is pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. And that's why our mission is one thing only, which is to help make it easier for everybody in the world to talk openly and honestly about sex. Now, when I say that, Christine, because we don't do that currently, people don't get how massively, profoundly societally transformative that would be. And here's what I mean. I designed Make Love Not Porn around my own beliefs and philosophies, one of which is that everything in life starts with you and your values. So I regularly ask people this question, what are your sexual values? And nobody can ever answer me because we're not taught to think like that. Our parents bring us up to have good manners, a work ethic, sense of responsibility, accountability. Nobody ever brings us up to behave well in bed. But they should, because in bed, values like empathy, sensitivity, generosity, kindness, 
honesty, respect are as important as those values are in every other area of our lives where we're actively taught to exercise them. So this is my vision of a world in which Make Love Not Porn is funded to achieve our social mission at scale. Parents will bring their children up openly to have good sexual values and good sexual behavior in the same way that parents currently bring kids up to have good values and behavior in every other area of life. We will therefore cease to bring up rapists because the only way that you end rape culture, and this really is the only way, is by inculcating in society an openly talked about, promoted, operated, and very importantly, aspired to gold standard of what constitutes good sexual values and good sexual behavior. When we do that, we also end Me Too. We end sexual harassment, abuse, violence, all areas where the perpetrators currently rely on the fact that we do not talk about sex to ensure their victims will never speak up, never go to authorities, never tell anybody. When we end that, we massively empower women and girls worldwide. When we do that, we create a far happier world for everybody, including men. And when we do that, we are one step closer to world peace. I talk about Make Love Not Porn as my attempt to bring about world peace, and I'm not joking. You sound like Dieter Doom. Do you know Dieter Doom's work? He, he believed that all war is caused by repressed sexual desire. Fantastic. He started the Tamara Project in Portugal. All right, interesting. So you and your values, what are your sexual values? I was thinking like respect, delight, curiosity, affirmation, um, but a very good question. I'm going to put that out to my, my, my community here. I love that you're talking about targeting parents and teaching them how to normalize the conversation with their children. What do you do with the re-education of the people who are already out there, the incel movement and all of that stuff? Is there a way that we can speak to and unwind it and people have already imbibed so much of that poison? Oh, yes. And a couple of things. Um, ju just on parents, before we move on to that, Christine, um, you know, um, the wonderful thing about the effect we're having on parents is, first of all, parents tell us that just being members of our Make Love Not Porn community has made them feel able to be more open in talking about sex with their children. And more and more parents are telling us that they are buying subscriptions to Make Love Not Porn for their over 18 and 20 something children because they want them to see what happy, healthy, loving sexual relationships look like, which is wonderful. Um, in terms of um, why I believe Make Love Not Porn is a solution to all of this, and, and, and it's important, by the way, Christine, just for your audience to be aware that if you've never heard of us, it's because I fight a humongous battle every single day to build this business. Every piece of infrastructure, any other tech startup takes for granted, we can't, the small print always says no adult content. And I have a huge challenge finding investors and funding. And so the very fact Make Love Not Porn is still here is a miracle, given all of the obstacles we fight. So I've not been able to promote Make Love Not Porn on the global scale that I would like to. You know, the reason talking about sex openly and honestly is so important is because we don't talk about sex, it is an area of rampant insecurity for every single one of us. We all get vulnerable when we get naked. Sexual egos are very fragile. That is why people find it bizarrely difficult to talk about sex 
with the people they're actually having it with while they're actually having it. Because in that situation, you're terrified that if you say anything at all about what is going on, if you comment on the action anyway at all, you will potentially hurt the other person's feelings, put them off you, derail the encounter, potentially derail the entire relationship. But at the same time, you want to please your partner. You want to make them happy. Everybody wants to be good in bed. Nobody knows exactly what that means. And so you will seize your cues from anywhere you can. And if the only cues you've ever seen are in porn, because your parents didn't talk to you about sex, because your school didn't teach you, because your friends aren't honest, those are the cues you'll take to not very good effect. Fundamentally, you know, everybody wants to be loved by someone. Everybody wants to have a wonderful time in bed with someone. And when you are introduced through Make Love Not Porn to how glorious, you know, loving consensual communicative sex can be in the real world, it's a mind-blowing revelation. And I say that, Christine, because there is nothing else like us out there. And, you know, in the comments in our videos and the emails we get from members, you know, people are just blown away by this window onto something that you never see anywhere else. You know, one commenter said, honestly, this is healing. You know, to see regular loving people having wonderful loving sex. And a, a young man left a comment saying, this is my very first time watching sex in the form of making love. You know, I was brought up in porn. This is amazing. You know, he said to the Make Love Not Porn stars, I think you guys are amazing. This is so wonderful. And, and you know, to, um, th what we are doing, um, as I said earlier, is we are celebrating and showcasing great real world sex in a way that makes it aspirational. This is, this is how people discover what to strive for um, as sex relationship goals. And in fact, um, you know, to, um, a, a commenter, I think she was a woman, you know, um, left a comment on one video just um, last week where she went, you know, obviously this was hot, but I just love the fact of, you know, you know, there were pets coming into frame, you know, you stopped to take a break, you took a drink, you choked on the drink, you cleaned up your t-shirt, all the loving foreplay, all the loving afterplay. This is couple goals, it's relationship goals. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, um, this this is what we are celebrating because, Christine, in, in popular culture all around us, we see many, many creative, um, approaches to relationship narratives, but we never see the actual sex. On Make Love Not Porn, you see the actual sex, but you also see the relationships. Because in our videos, they are indivisible. And, and, and by the way, when I say that, I don't just mean in our couple videos, I mean in our solo videos. In our masturbation videos, you see the relationships those Make Love Not Porn stars have with themselves. You know, you, you, you learn um, sexual agency. You learn comfort in your own skin as a sexual being. I mean, we get extraordinary comments, we get extraordinary emails from people whose minds are blown by social sex because they don't find it anywhere else. The experience for me of being in my mid-50s now and my partner in his late 50s and the exquisite nature that is the most sacred and beautiful and powerful part of my life. And there is nowhere to share that. 
That is how it's felt. And, and no one to see it. Like if you'd have told my 30-year-old self that people in their 50s and 60s would be having this hot sex, I would be like, oh, go go on with your bed. No, no go on. No, no, I wouldn't no, have believed no, it. And so it is such a beautiful idea. No, 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 absolutely. And by the way, Christy, you know, I'm 61. Um, you know, I can tell you that our Make Love Not Porn stars range in age from 18 to 80. And our older members love the fact that we celebrate Make Older Love Not Porn. You know, because so many older people want to see, you know, people like them having mind-blowing sex. And by the way, younger people love seeing older people having mind-blowing sex as well. Yeah, it's not going away, guys. It only gets better. And when you, when you like, go into that place of, like, you like that? Do you really like that? Do you like more of that? Do you like less? Of, oh, come on. You know, there's a place of inquiry that once the communication opens up, it's a whole nother level of possibility. So I love that you're modeling exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. And and also, in fact, um, I was just sharing on social a comment from a Make Love Not Porn video today where this is a comment on one of our kinky videos um, because, you know, our approach to Make Love Not Porn to BDSM kink videos is we show you what goes on in the real world. We show you the negotiation. We show you the discussion of boundaries, safe words, and then we show you the aftercare. We show you the coming down, the cuddling, the taking care of each other. So this is a comment on um, a gay, gay male um, kinky video um, with, you know, BDSM play. And th th this member commented, you know, oh, my God, you know, this, this was so hot. And clearly you're having so much fun. You know, the creativity, the consent, it's so beautiful. And, and, they, and they said in this comment, you know, I've, um, you know, I've never done anything like this, but watching this video has has made me more open to the idea of trying something like this now. Um, you know, and, and so what we find also is that we open people's minds up to trying things they might never have considered previously because they're seeing, you know, how wonderful it can be in the real world. And, and also the important thing, Christine, with real world sex or make love, not porn, is that it's all very low stakes. And what I mean by that is, so we absolutely have role play videos, okay? But only on Make Love Not Porn will you see a video where a couple's decided to role play, okay, they're doing whatever, then halfway through one of them goes, you know what, not really doing it for me. And the other one goes, yeah, this is a bit meh. They go, let's just have sex. And then they do. You know, and, and, so, and so what that's saying is you can try something and find you don't like it. Totally cool. That's what happens in the real world. Totally. And I think even the words consent, like in the sex positive community, that's a really understood thing. How do you ask for consent? But among the general population, let's just talk about that. Like if you were going into a situation with your lover and you were trying to negotiate something, it's almost like the, the stigma that used to be about putting on the condom, like it's so unsexy to stop and do that. I just want to be in the heat of the passion. But how do you have the consent conversation without diffusing the energy of the attraction. So we have we have a hashtag for our communicative videos, which is chatty. So that hashtag, and by the way, I'll come on to our because we have a very unique um, set of hashtags and and tags. Um, but um, chatty is for is for all of those videos where there is wonderful communication going on. And, 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 you know, he, um, he, here's a key thing, Christine, because as I mentioned earlier, our real world sex videos on Make Love Not Porn are role modeling good sexual values and good sexual behavior. 
And so, you know, one commenter on, on one video said something on the lines of, you know, I very rarely post comments, but I, I specifically want to compliment you on how well you check in with each other and make sure that each of you is enjoying what you're doing. And, you know, and, and, and so again, we are education through demonstration. We show you exactly how that plays out in the real world. And, and so you can learn from our videos how to operate that in your own sex life. All right. Well, I'm going to be looking for the hashtag chatty. Let's go back. I'm going to circle back to the structural bias against the normalization of sexuality in tech. And I'll tell you, when I started, I could not do Facebook ads. I had to come up with all kinds of euphemisms like intimate skincare and intimate wellness. And uh, But now I can say vulva on my Facebook ads, which is a really vast change in a three-year process. And when you, you did a talk when you were talking up the sex tech fund concept about the big explosion in normalizing uh, women's sexual health in particular in New York. Um, the Dame products people banded together with a couple of others to sue the MTA for equal access so that they could also put advertisements in the subway uh, where you know there were there were all kinds of products for male erections that were being advertised in strip clubs, but then they couldn't put up anything for female sexual health. So what do you see happening industry-wide as you're successful? Like, are you finding it easier to get access to the stack? Do you see anyone developing an adults-only stack? Is there a, a, a discernment capacity between education or sexual wellness and the exploitation that's perceived with porn? What, what all of this is driven by, Christine, is, well, actually, <laughs> Uh, what this is driven by, and I think for our audience, what I'll do is I'll start with a macro, I'll come down to mid-level and, and then go into um, our situation specifically. But I'm asked all the time in media interviews, Cindy, why do you think we're so repressed about sex? And I'm asked it soft, and I now have my answer down pat. Three reasons. So reason number one, centuries of Repression, religion, socio-cultural dynamics in every single country in the world. Okay, this problem is global. Reason number two, the patriarchy. Because historically, every single institution has been male-dominated, including government and religion. We as women have never been enabled to bring our lens to bear on human sexuality, and the world is a poorer place for it. And reason number three is very straightforwardly, there are not enough people like me. And what I mean by that is the world makes it extraordinarily difficult to disrupt and innovate social narratives around sex. Many people have tried and given up. You need many more people like me and you who will not give up no matter what. So that's the huge global macro backdrop to all of this. Now that absolutely plays out in the white male dominated tech world because the young white male founders of the giant tech platforms that dominate our lives today are not the primary targets, online and offline, of harassment, abuse, racism, sexual assault, violence, rape, revenge, porn. Therefore, they did not, and they do not, proactively design for the prevention of any of those things on their platforms. And we see the results around us every single day. Those of us who are most at risk every single day, women, black people, people of color, LGBTQ, the disabled, 
we design safe spaces and safe experiences. I and my tiny team spent literally years concepting and designing Make Love Not Porn before we ever built it, because we knew to invite people to do something they've never done before, socially share their real world sex, we had to think through every possible ramification of that to create a completely safe and trustworthy space. As a result, not only does Make Love Not Porn operate unlike anybody else in the adult sphere, we operate unlike anybody else on the internet, period. And that's because, and by the way, this is a very long-winded answer to your question specifically. I designed Make Love Not Porn around what everybody else should have and nobody else did, human curation. Our curators watch every single video submitted to Make Love Not Porn from beginning to end before we approve it and we publish it. There is no self-publishing of anything on Make Love Not Porn, by the way. Nobody else does that. Our curators review every single post on every member's profile, photo, text, illustration, which, by the way, can be as safe work or not safe work as you like. But we review every single post and then we approve it and we publish it. Nobody else does that. We review every single comment on every single video before we approve that comment and we publish it. Nobody else does that. I have a platform where we can vouch for every single piece of content on that platform. And that is why Make Love Not Porn is the safest place on the internet. Now, um, to your point, um, we can't advertise. Make Love Not Porn can't advertise on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, neither can any other sex-related venture, um, to, uh, unless, to your point, they blandify everything massively down. But, but this is a gendered issue because neither can any venture to do with any aspect of female sexual health or wellness. Menstruation ventures can't advertise. Menopause ventures can't advertise. Fertility ventures can't advertise. However, male sexual health and wellness, come on in. Erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation. And, and the reason that that is a huge, huge problem is because we are all being exposed to only one worldview, and that is the white male one. And it's as much of a problem in sexual health and wellness as it is in artificial intelligence. So, um, and at the same time, this is massively skewing who does and does not get to build a successful business. Because to your point, yes, there has been an absolute explosion of brilliant female-founded sex tech and femtech ventures. Every single one of us represents a colossal money-making market opportunity because every single one of us, like you and me, Christine, we started our ventures because of direct personal experience. We encountered issues that we built the solutions to. And that means every single one of us can be extrapolated out into a multi-million, nay, billion-dollar market opportunity because anything that we struggle with is a problem, 50% of the population worldwide has a problem with as well. However, I can't get funded. I can't get banked. I can't put payments in place. I can't put infrastructure in place. I can't send out membership emails. MailChimp won't work with adult content. You know, I can't post job descriptions. Upwork took down our UX designer job description because it was Make Love Not Porn posting it. Um, every single female sex tech founder fights this battle. When you're a male sex tech founder, Roman and Hymns, 
sexual, male sexual health and wellness platforms delivering erectile dysfunction solutions, both launched in 2017, just four years ago. In their first year of existence, Roman, pitching erectile dysfunction solutions to white male venture capitalists, raised $87 million. Hims, pitching erectile dysfunction solutions to white male VCs, raised $67 million. They went from zero to over a billion dollar valuations in three years. Roman raised $200 million last year at a valuation of $1.5 billion. Hims raised um, 100 and something at a valuation of $1 billion. Hims is about to go public. Zero to billion dollar ventures in just three to four years. Every one of us has the potential to do that with that level of funding. And by the way, um, those advertising barriers melt away magically the moment we write them big enough checks. Roman and Hims could write massive checks to Facebook. They could write massive checks to the MTA. I'm not allowed to advertise Make Love Not Porn on the Subway um, with completely anodyne creative executions that just say join the social sex revolution. Meanwhile, walk through Grand Central last a couple of years ago and erectile dysfunction blared out at you from every single poster hoarding. Total takeover by Roman. I just want a moment of silence for that. Like just, ugh, exhausted. How do you stay up, committed, not exhausted, not, you know, the, the, how does that edge stay off? How do you stay fresh and happy when you've been fighting this for 15 years now? Because the single thing that most motivates me, Christine, is the dynamic that I characterize as I'm going to fucking well show you. You tell me it can't be done, I'm going to fucking well show you. You put an obstacle in my path, I'm going to fucking well show you. I have to channel all of that demoralization, all of those challenges, all of those obstacles into inspiration and motivation in order to overcome them. I love you. I love you. I loved you the minute I met you. This is so amazing. Um, I just want to tell, I want to tell you, do you know about sacred semen and Thomas Aquinas? I don't. I'm going to tell you. Do you know how we got masturbation, sex outside of marriage, and homosexuality are all a cardinal sin? It was Thomas Aquinas. He, he made this logical leap. He said, not everything that's created in God's plan is good. It's only good if it has a logical reason. And what is the purpose of semen? It is the transmission of life. And why would you transmit life if you couldn't support that life once it's born. So you know what? I think God's plan was that we only transmit semen into women who can bear children when we can keep them and raise them properly. Boom. One stroke of the pen and you had homosexuality was bad, sex for pleasure was bad, and masturbation was bad. Ta-da! 800 years later, and you're still fighting that battle. Now, if, if we had been a matriarchy for all those centuries, that would not be the case. No, pleasure is part of the plan, my friends. Yep. Pre pleasure and uh, what I like to call the synarchy, where it's an equal balance of strength and receptivity, the masculine and female principles at work. That's what I'd like to see in the world. I am going to tell everybody I can about your platform. Fantastic. And I think that we have a an opportunity to gather as an industry in a way and 
and say, here's the difference. Adult content isn't like a big C that's undifferentiated. And to really make the case that it is structural bias by some of these platforms and to change that. Do you think it's feasible? Um, to be frank, I think it's um, extremely challenging, but I think it is feasible because all we need, to be honest, um, Christine, is we just need small breakthroughs. And by the way, I'm, this is what I'm absolutely working on making, happening, making happen. You know, the moment we can prove in one place that we can all run advertising and the sky does not fall, it'll be fine. It'll be even finer when we prove that that, that one place that allows us all to run advertising makes an absolute goddamn fucking shit ton of money out of it. Because boy, oh boy, do barriers ever fall when we prove that there are so many of us with budgets to spend that when you welcome us in, you see your revenues shoot skyward. And I'm, I'm trying really hard to make all we ever need is test cases that are proof of concept that good things happen when you embrace female sexual health and wellness. Yes, 100%. So uh, let's tell everybody one more time. If you want to learn more about how normal, beautiful, blessed sex and all of its variations from straight up missionary position to kink happen with consent, with discrimination, with joy, then you're going to find it by watching other people who are willing to share their direct experience and not in a role-playing pornographic way. I mean, I, I guess you're saying there's porn's not bad either in its right context, but, but in a way that lets you soften your insides, learn and live a more fulfilled and complete life, then make lovenotporn.tv is the place to go and do that. Uh, Cindy Gallup, uh, I will bow to you again because you stood up there years, decades before anyone else and said this has to change in a way that uh, caught a lot of people's attention. You continue to fight the good fight at the edges of advancing this industry. I think you even coined the word sex tech, which has now come to mean a lot of different product suites, experiences. And so thank you. Just a huge thank you for what you've done for women and men uh, to normalize sexuality. It's a pleasure, Christine, and right back at you, because every single one of us fighting this good fight is honestly making the world better for the whole of humanity. Well, I am so grateful to Cindy Gallup. Seeing her stand up on a public stage more than 15 years ago and talk about a revolution in sexuality definitely planted seeds in my consciousness about where I got all of those unhelpful beliefs about embodiment. So if you're intrigued, check out makelovenotporn.tv. Join the community. Let me know how you like it. I'm super curious. I'd love to hear from you. You can use the hashtag for this episode, which is makelovenotporn, and tag me on Instagram at therosewoman, the.rose.woman, or at rosebudwoman, and let me know how the concept moves you, what changed for you by hearing her story. At Rosebud Woman, we are all about reinstating the joy in our perfect bodies and bringing inherited and unhelpful stories of body shame and sexual shame to an end. Until then, remember, you are nature, you are whole, and you are complete. Thanks for joining me. Until next time. Mm -hmm.